Welcome to the Die Hard Minute Podcast, where we break down the 1988 movie Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Jeff Ferry. And I'm Chris Derkach. And today we are covering minute 36 of Die Hard, quite possibly the greatest Dalmatian minute ever. Alright, so Chris, we're right in the middle of the action. Or technically, we're right at the end of the last action. Right. <laughs> so, when we left our hero, he had set off the fire alarm. Hoping that the uh, response would come and solve his minor terrorist problem that he has. And they were working to try to shut the fire alarm off. Yes. (laughs) Because the last thing they need is, uh, you know, all of the LAPD's finest showing up to bail out our guy here. (laughs) So uh, my question is, when the the fire alarm gets called off, do you think Nakatomi's going to get the fine for that? Because, you know, (laughs) if you... (laughs) <laughs> if, you, if you make a uh, a call and then don't go, or it's a, a false alarm, you can be charged for that. Somebody's getting charged for it, yes. Yes. You think adding insult to injury when uh, this movie wraps up in whichever way it happens, I'm sure nothing will happen to the building, but let's say something did. You think Nakatomi will have to pay for all the lawsuits, all of the repairs, and get like a $25,000 fine from the, the Los Angeles Fire Department? There's at least four... Uh, Sirens coming down the road. I can't tell if they're police cars or ambulances, but there's at least four. So, well, it looks like to me, it looks like a police car and three fire engines. That's what I thought it was too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're gonna. Again, I, I guess that's enough for you. Don't know what the fire is, so you send that many, right? Just in case. But Nakatomi is a big building. Yeah, that's not going to be enough if there's really a fire there. So I guess you wait for the first engine to show up, and if they're on their way and they see a secondary fire sign, or they run into something, then they call. I mean, this. let's assume, say, there's a major fire here. I mean, you're talking multiple alarm fire here. You're going to have to call out more than the, these three engines to take oh, care yeah. of the problem. <laughs> we may need the, the ladder truck. <laughs> the, la- the ladder truck where the ladder only goes up five stories <laughs> yeah that's gonna be helpful <laughs> so what do you think Vinny I think everybody above the fifth floor is screwed <laughs> <laughs> or they gotta go in and walk up all the steps like the Ghostbusters strike <laughs> <laughs> the hose just keep reattaching hoses if the yeah. hoses to it <laughs> I don't know I feel like the way that we set it up sounds more like a Three Stooges movie <laughs> like, they just keep hooking hoses together to try to get the steps <laughs> he's running he gets to the end of the hose and falls because the hose stops him <laughs> yeah so when uh when McLean sees that they're coming you know uh John McLean played by the uh brilliant Bruce Willis this was his real coming out party coming from moonlighting he makes a noise that i can't describe (laughs) it's just like yeah Yeah, he starts jumping up and down (laughs) it's the oddest pacing i've ever seen too in a way he walks back and forth in front of that window yeah and he does like a little jump up and down (laughs) you'd love to say that it's not good acting but i'm gonna say that i think it's terrific acting yeah yeah because when you've almost been killed by terrorists and you have no shoes and your night's just starting to get bad, it's going to get worse. When the cops are showing up to solve your problem, you're like, finally. I get a definite is, excited feeling from him while he's doing that dance around. On that. Yeah, this is not my <laughs> town. Somebody else come deal with it. I did my civic duty. Yeah. I got the police to come. 
and his joy lasts for about four seconds. <laughs> and then he sees the lights go off on the police car, followed by the engines, and they all start to make a, a left-hand turn. He was even going to kiss their Dalmatian before that happened. Oh, yeah. He was going to give their Dalmatian a kiss, which is a very odd thing to say in that situation. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the question has to be asked. Why did they have Dalmatians with their uh, fire engines? I would love to know. <laughs> All right. So it's not for the reason I guess I thought originally. I thought the dogs were part of like a search and rescue like you would do now. Okay. But apparently the reason why they had dogs, and I guess Dalmatians just somehow became the dog. I guess it was many other dogs, but Dalmatians in particular. But they would run alongside the horses, and they would keep the horses calm, and they would defend the horses from other dogs or animals that could spook the horses during the ride. Oh, wow. When they were horse-drawn out to wherever. Huh. Now they're just because, I guess, the firemen want to have a dog hang out with them. Right. Tradition. Yeah, tradition. And you're like, chicks dig dogs, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) They're not very big dogs either. You wouldn't think that that would be a dog you'd want fighting off other animals. I think it was more of, like, I had an uncle that owned a farm, and it was just, they always had dogs because dogs helped keep horses calm. Oh. And they were, like, friends to the horses, but they could, since they could go in and out of the stables, they could, they had a room of the whole farm, but they would uh, come over and they would keep the horses from flipping out. Horses are, not all horses, but many horses are very skittish. Hmm. So you can imagine a horse that maybe doesn't have the greatest temperament and now you've just strapped to a huge thing of water to its back, you're whipping it, taking it into a fire. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know that it's going to be thrilled about down. that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't know. At this point, I think McLean would be happy if some horses would show up to help him. Because, <laughs> show yeah, the Los Angeles Fire Department is not helping him. He does, he uses, I mean... It, go ahead. He uses quite a few sentence enhancers at this point. When yes, they, he does. When turn. <laughs> he, does drop a, he does drop an MF there that is uh, totally justified. <laughs> yes. And then he hears the, uh, the sound that pretty much everybody knows, the ping of an elevator coming up i i gotta love a terrorist that uses the elevator (laughs) he says yeah he said i don't need any extra cardio i'm going up the elevator no need for surprise here that machine gun's heavy yeah (laughs) you know it's not every day i get to break out my hk94 (laughs) what is going on with this floor is it are they just building the floor uh, yes, they're uh, they're still doing construction. They say it earlier in the film. I think uh, Takagi mentions it that they're still working on it. They're still building uh, building the last couple floors, which is pretty convenient that you get to have a floor where it's just all open yeah. under construction. <laughs> I'll give them this though. It's it's pretty ingenious because if you don't do that, then you're basically going to have floor after floor after floor that's very much the same. Yeah, it's going to be the same set over and over again. You're right. Yeah, so I said that uh, our buddy Tony, who's coming in here, who's played by uh, Andres Wisniewski, I apologize if I'm butchering that name, but I gave it the old the old college try. Well, the second name sounds more like a villain than the actual name in the movie, Tony. What are you, th- what are you talking about? Wisniewski <laughs> sounds like a guy I went to college with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I believe his name is Tony Vreski. <laughs> Okay, that's a little better. Yeah, so uh, yeah, he's got a an HK ninety four chopped to converted, which is a like a submachine gun. Okay, which will the machine gun that he has now that may or may not fall into somebody else's hands later will be part of maybe the funniest line of the entire movie. It doesn't happen <laughs> for a while. 
<laughs> you'll have another set of guests by then, and I'm sure they'll enjoy telling you all about it. It kind of looks like an MP5 from when I looked at it. That's what I thought it was at first. Apparently, I don't know my guns well enough. I guess they're they're supposed to look like MP5s, which is like what you would see like SWAT teams use. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I know you're. I know you're a big gun guy, there, Chris. I you, <laughs> I'm, you I'm just listening. <laughs> well, yeah. if you were watching this movie one minute at a time, you would know this guy was a bad guy because of the intense music that comes on when he gets off when he's walking. Oh, I, you got to go ahead. I mean, you, you got to shout the music. The music is amazing. Uh, he, it is. <laughs> I would recommend that if anybody's watching this scene, uh, do yourself a favor and watch it without the music. <laughs> And it's really weird. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> wait a minute, this is not as intense as I remember it. This is just a guy. This is just a guy walking up here with very little sounds. <laughs> he, and all right, I'm I'm gonna go ahead. I think I'm gonna get into this guy's outfit <laughs> because the most devastating thing about this guy is not his submachine gun. It is most definitely his sweatsuit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's got a sweatpants and sweatshirt on. It is a fashion crime. And it's not even... They're like tight 80s. He looks like Hans and Franz. Right, it's not a sweatsuit like you'd see Tony Soprano wear. Yeah, well, I mean, that, I guess that's more like a like a workout suit. like a. Yeah. Yeah, this is... Uh, these were popular, I guess, in the 80s. I still feel like he's wearing it wrong. Like, it's a little too tight. It's like one yeah, size a- too small for the pants. There's a close-up shot of his backside, which, yeah, he looks like he's got yoga pants on at this point. Yeah, it's, <laughs> he's wearing early model yoga pants at this point. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely very odd. Um, I said, I guess this was just the era of sweatsuits. I tried to think of some off the top of my head that were probably around this time frame. One that doesn't quite match, but I have to mention it just because, uh, just to throw it to the, another podcast. The uh, Biff has a like an ugly sweatsuit in Back to the Future. Yeah, Old okay. Biff towards the end when he's yeah. doing the car wax. Ones that look these are the ones off the top of my head that I thought most look like this one that are from this era of the eighties. Let's see if you agree with me. Michael Keaton and Mr. Mom. <laughs> yeah. He definitely has this outfit. Although I it's will say it's the matching. He w- I think. I think it's the it's, matching it's, shirt and pants. It's the gray top and bottom with no yeah. lettering on it. Yeah, nothing on it. Yeah. It's just pure gray sweatsuit. Like nobody wears a pure gray sweatsuit anymore. They put no. something on it. Like the guy doesn't. He can't even put a little accoutrement on there. He can't put a little, you know, like a little wrist action on there. A sweatband <laughs> of some sort. Uh, another one I had was uh, Robert Vaughn from Superman Three. he wears a devastatingly ugly sweatsuit (laughs) and if those two are two deep cuts for you you gotta go with the ultimate sweatsuit the classic the most famous sweatsuit in movie history Rocky (laughs) it's the same colors but it definitely fits Rocky a little better yeah it fits him a little better and (laughs) it also looks like it's been worn more than once it looks like this guy just took this off the rack yesterday yeah yeah it's if I saw this guy and I didn't see his weapon, I would laugh at him. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not after he saw the weapon, but before him, yeah. Yeah, not for – and I'll give him this. He is smart enough to turn on the lights when he gets up there. <laughs> and you see uh, he's got – like I said, he's got his HK-94 submachine gun, and we see, uh, you know, uh, McLean's wandering around with his Beretta still. So you got to feel yeah. he's a little outmatched here, although I will say he's up close. So I'd say it's pretty equal. It'd be one thing. Like, a submachine gun isn't that much of an advantage if you don't know what you're doing with it. Right. And judging by the way this guy walks. 
I don't know. He looks like he's never held the weapon before. <laughs> <laughs> he's holding it right where it stops at this minute. He's holding it. And you can see perfectly this top of the sweatsuit. It looks like almost a mock turtleneck at the top oh, yeah. of the sweatsuit. <laughs> he's got the sleeves rolled up so you can see that he's wearing a little tiny watch. The um, His first head-on, you can see he's wearing, he has a bag over his shoulder that may or may not have something that we need to talk about later. <laughs> right. And he's got his little submachine gun. And in case you didn't think that his outfit was bad enough, he has these giant 1970s, 1980s glasses on. <laughs> They're big glasses. Are they sunglasses? Uh, um, I don't think they are. I think maybe we're just getting a reflection off of them. They almost look like safety goggles or something. They almost look like they can be sh- <laughs> if they were orange tinted, I would say they were shooting glasses from the range. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like where he just went and picked up his rifle today. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, it's my first day with it, uh, boss. Do you mind if I take this out there with me? He's got a you fresh know, haircut too. Safety first. What is that haircut? Talk to me about it's this a, haircut. It looks for, it looks like he just got it done. To be honest with you, and it's nice parted on the side. <laughs> it's some beautiful blonde 1980s hair. Yeah. He he. The only thing that came to my mind, he looks like the guy from a uh, Star Trek the motion picture. Yeah. It was the guy who tried to take over for Kirk. The guy that ended up being on a. Uh, what was the TV show that guy was on? Uh, heaven. Five. Oh, good. Here we go. It was the one Jessica Biel. It was the one Jessica Biel was on. Uh, come on, let's work through this because I want uh, to hear it again. Heaven Jessica five Biel was is... Jessica Biel was on it. I can't I, think of the name. Of it. All the um, people oh, liked it because it was a real family show. It. But then it ended up that the uh, the guy, yeah, the, the dad, was a real dirtbag. He was like, yeah. what uh, is "Here we that go." Show called? I feel like uh, waking my wife up and saying, "Hey, what was uh, the name of that show you used to watch? Make me watch." I feel like it's Heaven's stuck. in the title. Fit. Seventh heaven. heaven. There it is. Seventh heaven. I just had the it. wrong number. I had the wrong wow. number. I was thinking fifth, and I meant seventh. <laughs> yeah, the dad from Seventh Heaven with like the blonde flowing hair. He's like the German <laughs> version of him. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, Andres Wisniewski was from Berlin, West Germany, just to tell you when he was born. Really? <laughs> yeah. He, don't worry, folks. He was from the good side. <laughs> he was from when. Uh, so if you're listening to this, and I just said West Germany, and you said what's that? Yeah. I'm going to have to say pick up a history book. <laughs> oh, we missed one thing at the beginning that I wanted to talk about. I want to jump back to it real quick before, before I feel like that I'm like on the Joan Rivers you know, uh, red carpet with this guy. <laughs> um, in the beginning when the, the trucks are coming up the street, the fire trucks, we see a Ralph's over there. Right. And uh, off mic we had talked about it, and I've never been in a Ralph's. I've never even seen a Ralph's. Yeah, I've heard it mentioned in movies. So I had to look it up. It's a major supermarket chain in the Southern California area. They just named it Ralph's. Yeah, and I guess it's part of Kroger's, which I've also heard of and never been in. I've heard of Kroger's too, yeah, but I've never yeah. heard of Ralph's. It says there's about 200 locations. Not over here, there's not. We're on the East Coast, so I've never heard of Ralph's. Uh, no. the, the movie that I most think of it from, for some reason, is Big Lebowski. Is there a Ralph's of Big Lebowski? Um, they say at one point, uh, after a uh, spoiler alert... Um, after one of the characters dies and is cremated, okay. they don't want to pay for the, the urn, and they just go to Ralph's, and they get a they get another thing to put him in. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert for all you out there that are going to watch uh, Big Lebowski. Check out, Gutter, check out Gutter Balls, where they covered Big Lebowski minute by minute. <laughs> I was just saying, I think that one's already done. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, I mean, i got to admit, on the list of terrorists that we're going to see in this movie... Um, Tony here is the least intimidating. Yeah. I also had a problem with his name being Tony. Yeah, I don't know too many German people from Germany named Tony. 
it's a I guess it's a, it's a holdover from the book, which I have read, but it's been a long time. Um, they were Italian like mobsters in the book. Oh, so uh, I can't I can't remember if Hans is. I don't think he was hot. He, they were all it was like little Tony and whatever. They were all like stereotypical Italian names instead of stereotypical okay. Euro trash names, right? <laughs> for everybody. And John McClane in the book is also much older. Okay. He's in his sixties, I believe, and it's his daughter he's coming to save instead of his wife. Right. And maybe somebody else covered this more in depth. They also there was two books in the series. There was this one, which was not called Die Hard. It was called. Nothing lasts forever. Hmm. And then they made another one called The Detective. There's also a movie in the 60s called The Detective starring... Say it, Chris. You don't know it. Uh, <laughs> Just, you, you, could guess, you could guess all day and you'd never get it. It was starring Frank Sinatra. Really? He played... They changed the name, but he played what would have been the John McClane role. Oh, so it really was just from that book, too. Yeah, but The Detective... Those two movies have nothing to do with each other because the books only had that same character tying them together. Okay. I mean, you could try to somehow put them together, but he's not old enough in this one. Right. Just if you want to go out there and watch a Frank Sinatra movie that you think somehow ties to Die Hard, go watch The Detective. Is his name John McClane in the movie, I wonder? What, in The Detective? No, I'm. I, they changed it to something else. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I'm sure uh, you think Frank Sinatra was like, uh, my name is not John McClane. You need yeah. to change it. You need to call me. No, it was. I don't. I believe it wasn't John McClane in the book. It was. Uh, uh, I can't remember what his name is in the book. I feel like it's not McClane though. It's uh, Joe Leland, oh, I think. Wow. So his name in the detective is the right name. Okay. And uh, I'm gonna break your heart here and mention that I have not seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna guess until I mentioned it 30 seconds ago, you had not even heard of that movie. No. <laughs> all right so i'm gonna i mean i'm gonna run back real quick and scrub through the minute did you have anything we haven't touched on yet no he's gonna kiss the dalmatian he's pacing back and forth this minute didn't have a lot in it <laughs> yeah we had uh we ended up with this minute is kind of the conclusion of the last scene and the beginning of the next action scene so we ended the previous week minutes those guys covered him trying to figure out how to get out of this, which his answer was to trip the fire alarm, and then the terrorist response to that. So the first half of this minute, it was an excellent idea. So the first half of this minute is him thinking that it's worked, and the last half is the response to that. Although I will (laughs) always admit, and this happens a lot in movies like this, they sent one guy up to get him, and I'm trying to think if that was a good move or not. You think send like four up there, take him out? I guess at this point they're thinking that he's, at worst, he's just a, a party guard that got away from the party that tripped the fire alarm, or at nice. best he's a security guard of some sort yeah. and should be easily handled by these professionals. But this is a very first act thing that happens in action movies. It happens, uh, the only one that's coming to mind is Under Siege where they do the same thing. Yeah. Where they send two guys off, and those two guys end up getting, you know, eliminated. And I guess that's how you prove that the guy is a threat. You have to have him take somebody out. So the sacrificial lamb is this guy who is going to make the, the terrorists pretty angry, so. Yeah, this guy with the the buns of steel in his sweatsuit and his, <laughs> <laughs> and his 
not an MP5, <laughs> who does not believe in stealth. This guy. <laughs> I mean, he's almost lucky that if McLean was really lying in wait for him, he might have been able to shoot him as soon as he walked in. Oh, yeah, because he wasn't trying to hide or anything. He just came yeah. walking through. Yeah, he didn't... McLean doesn't hide until he hears the elevator. Right. And when this guy walks in, he's just... He's not taking cover. And there's His plenty first... of places he could be hiding. Like, there's yeah. stacks of sheetrock, and there's different pillars. Yeah, not that any of it's particularly good to hide behind if somebody's shooting at you with a submachine gun from 15 feet away. Right, but, I mean, you should be checking these places as you're walking through. Yeah. Like, he kind of hides behind a pillar for half a second, and then he just walks out. Yeah. And then we get the, he starts his dialogue of the fu- <laughs> So, <laughs> I guess uh, uh, tomorrow we'll get to find out what brilliant uh, monologue he's going to give <laughs> to let us know what's going on. Yeah, he just comes walking in, barreling in, pushes doors open. He don't care. I mean, I guess uh, when you have a machine gun, you think that uh, you're you're unstoppable. You got a machine gun. <laughs> true. You got a you got a cool head of hair. You got a, some pimp glasses. <laughs> you got the sweatsuit. I mean, you're just, nothing's gonna hit you in the eye. So you're yeah. pretty good. <laughs> Maybe one thing. The the weirdest part is, I mean, it's not in our minute, but we've seen all the other terrorists at this point. Nobody's wearing anything like this. Yeah. No. <laughs> I gotta believe this guy showed up, and they were like Tony. What are you doing? <laughs> I wanted I mean, to be comfortable. <laughs> I, I wanted to be comfortable. <laughs> comfortable? You look like an idiot. <laughs> and then, you know, one guy from the back, uh, you know, was just like, you look like Robert Vaughn for Superman 3. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, some of them were really big pop culture guys. <laughs> All right. I don't think I have anything else. I think we're going to end today. We'll come back tomorrow. And see what happens when uh, Tony and McLean uh, finally go head-to-head. Yeah. All right, so if you uh, really enjoyed uh, me and Chris, you can catch us over at the Jay and Silent Bob Minute over at DuelingGenre.com or at our other podcast, which is now finished, The Burbs Minute. Uh, if you need more Die Hard, Die Hard Minute in particular, go over to the Twitter, at Die Hard Minute, and drop a message in there. Or if you would like to talk to everybody in the... Uh, the lounge where we can all talk about things uh it's facebook die hard with a podcast listeners limo and uh you can bring up anything that was on the show any of your crazy theories the crazier the better like if you want to somehow tie the detective to this that's where you need to go um also check out dieharddminute.com you can get that's the the main hub of everything if you're enjoying the format and you've listened to us or any of the previous uh podcasters and you want to go to their movies go over to moviesbyminutes.com that's where everything is and uh, make sure you come back tomorrow and see if this guy can die hard or not tell me you got that I got it I got it hit your heart on channel 5 <laughs>